0: I love playing football because it's all about being around the boys.
1: I get to hang out with all my mates every week.
0: To run down the race at Northport Oval with 23 of my close mates. It's
1: fun to run out every week with the girls, and I love the competitiveness.
0: Penny's Pies are Premier's colly with the 2019 VFLW Premiership winners. Bolter kicks for all his worth. Long to the run!
2: Welcome back to another edition of the Keep the Fix Podcast. Yes, we're back after a brief hiatus. Uh, it has been it's been an interesting couple of weekends in the VFL and VFLW. Of course, VFLW we've hit the final series. Week one has come and gone with well a couple of lopsided results plus a very tight affair in the VFL. We've officially hit the second half of the season. The ladder is slightly starting to take shape. There is a bit of fluctuation going on, but it is, it is heating up in both the VFL and VFLW. We're here to take a look at all the results from the past weekend in the VFL and VFLW, plus look ahead to the coming weekend, round 13 in the VFL, and well, the second weekend of finals in the VFLW. Alongside me, these two, they, they suffered what I'd like to call piranha-itis after an interesting clash between Coburg and Frankston a couple of weeks ago. Uh, out of Piranha Park and it was Coburg who got up on that day but joining me as always Kira Johnson and Jared Thomas. Kira I'll go to you first. Uh, Good to be back talking all things VFL and VFLW.
1: Hi yeah it is I'm really excited to be back. Yes um, I've recovered from my Piranha Park-itis. It was so cold and the rain was bucketing down so I think that just um, got us all sick but we're back so we're ready to talk all things VFL and VFLW.
2: And Jared, despite the fact it's been a rough couple of weeks for for Frankston,
0: uh, I'm sure you've recovered as well from your know, piranhaitis. Well, it was tough. I'm not gonna lie. I thought I was gonna be okay, and then it got halfway through the week after, and I just yeah. could not get out of bed. It was it was a tough uh, tough day out at Piranha Park, especially because we took a loss in the the men's and the women's. But it was still good to be out there. Obviously, ended up seeing Kira, obviously, and. Yeah, it was cold, but it was a good day for footy. And like the actual game itself uh, between A uh, and the men's was really, really interesting. So I'm back and ready to talk. And I'm still going to be nasally as, but we'll be ready to go. Yeah.
2: Well, I wish we could talk about that match. But unfortun- unfortunately, well, luckily for you, Jared, we won't. Unluckily for you, Kira, we won't. But we'll, we'll, of course, talk about, like I said, the past weekend's result in the VFL and VFLW Uh well, first up, in the, of course, first up, we have our traditional first question before the first bounce. Now, last week, we had a bit of Wednesday night footy in the VFL between Richmond and Werribee out of Punt Road Oval. Uh, Kira, I'll go to you first, uh, and I'll ask this of, both, of all of us, actually. What do we think of Wednesday night footy in the VFL? Could it happen in the future, or is it just a, a one and done idea?
1: Um, I think it probably will happen again in the future, but I think it should be a one-and-done idea. I think it's really unfair for the standalone clubs. I think um, they all, most of them, have full-time jobs and work during the week and to expect them to be able to do a full day of work or have to take leave for the day um, is a bit unfair. So I think it should be um, done with and I don't think we should see any more Wednesday night VFL, um, but I think we probably will see it um, feature again in the future
2: jared
0: yeah i love similar sort of thing like I, I like the idea of wednesday night 40 and i actually think like i enjoy it but for the actual sake of the players and and you know even like the staff that are involved like i know that like a lot of AFL clubs like me and kira for example like we volunteer at sort of afl clubs and then like obviously what do you like yourself we sort of have to take our time away and on a wednesday night that's obviously not as easy as, as it seems and like, especially for those standalone clubs, it's really difficult to to get players out like that that aren't getting paid those full-time wages. So for players like that, I think it makes it really difficult. And I think Wednesday that footy is actually good to watch and everything, but to actually play in it and, and be involved in it, it's, a lot, it's very difficult. So I think it should be done away with, but yeah, like Kira, I don't think it will be.
2: Yeah, well, in the next couple of weeks, uh, it won't be happening, but yeah, I think... I think it will happen. I'm, I'm with you guys there. It, it's a good idea, but maybe do it for, for two AFL clubs who's, uh, who only have a couple of local listed, local listed players who'll have to play and maybe take a day's leave. And it, it is, it would be hard for, yeah, for standalone clubs. It clearly wasn't for for where be, but you know, I don't think it should happen in the future, in the future. Yeah. And, it, uh, but. I have my feelings it will but there isn't as i said before there isn't any fixture um slated in the future for the vfl or the or for the vfl on a wednesday night we'll touch on that wednesday night game now between richmond and werribee and well where we get their third consecutive victory again over an afl alliance side richmond 8 6 54 to Werribee thirteen thirteen ninety one. 13 13 91. you know i think on the Channel Seven broadcast before their game against Collingwood, which preceded the the Collingwood game, but we don't need to talk about that. Um, it, it, they, I think, they mentioned that they were a bit of a sleeping beast, Werribee, and you know, I, I think they have started to awaken. Kira, do you reckon this, that sleeping beast of Werribee has started to awaken? awaken?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think they looked really strong, um, and I think they have for a few weeks now. So they'll be looking to keep that momentum um, alive, but they looked really good. And especially um, going forward, they had 62 to Richmond's 35 inside 50. So that's a great um, stat to be working with. It's pretty hard to lose if you're kicking straight and you're getting that many more inside 50. So I think they're hitting their straps at a good um, time of the season. And hopefully for them, they'll be able to keep it going um, in the next few weeks.
2: Well, and they've got a very interesting matchup against Geelong this Saturday as well. Of course, we'll touch on that a little later on. But yeah, for Werribee fans, hopefully, it does continue going on. And for a neutral fan who, and you know, most neutral VFL fans who enjoy VFL clubs, they they would like to see the bees do well. And so far, they've really have hit their straps. Uh, Tom Gribble, another great performance: 34 disposals, 10 clearances. And ten inside fifties. Hudson Garoni led the way up forward, kicked the t- kicked the three goals, seventeen disposals, and and five marks. Jacob Bauer, good performance for him. The mid- I believe mid season draft D, or at least the draft day for Richmond. He kicked three goals, I believe all of them in the final t- in the final term, from seven disposals and five marks. Gribble had the eight coaches MVP votes. Oli Hanrahan. Got the most, kicked the goal and had 32 touches. So a great performance from him and a great performance from Werribee in general. Definitely hitting their straps at the right time. The Friday night match, well, Jared, I don't believe you were out at this match as well, but the Dolphins, they were beaten at the death by Brisbane on their home deck. The first of two singles... uh, 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 one straight kick margins on the in the VFL, uh, 9.256 to 9.862. So the six behinds separated the two sides in the end. The uh, Frankston came back, you know, they were down by a bit, I believe it was in the second or the third term. They slowly came back and had the lead for well, in the middle of the second term before. Brisbane kicked the last two goals and got the victory. Uh, like I said, Jared, you weren't out of this match, but have you heard much from Frankston after this result?
0: And obviously, I missed due to my, again, piranha artists, as we were talking about before, but it's it's, it's <laughs> Frankston's sort of making a serious habit of either studying a game well and, and falling off or, or leaving it too late. Um, They did the same thing against Carlton, but they actually came back and won it that one. They would do, they kicked 10 goals in that last quarter in you know, obviously one of the, the greatest games of all time in the in the VFL. But they sort of need to make sure that they are making this a habit. They've done it now, obviously, a couple of times. And against Coburg, like we said, they couldn't run them down again. They they just got over, they just got outrun and outdone by them. And and the lines obviously just took them away at the end. And they have to make sure that if they're gonna sort of peg them back like they did, and again, like they did with Coburg, they they peg them back and they hit the front, and then once they hit the front, they kind of just think their their job's done. And that's kind of something that they really need to get out of the game. And it's a thing that's put them down now. they they're four and six on the year, but they could very easily be, you know. They could be easily six and four. Like that's two games that they could easily have won that, you know, they were in front and then could have kept it up. So, you know, you used to look at it like that and Frankston's sort of position on the on the ladder isn't really uh, indicative of where they are. I think they're sort of a, a higher team than, than their situation is sort of pushing for finals, but they have to sort of make sure that their their performances are, are con- consistent the whole way through because yeah, games like this, they need to really improve.
2: Yeah, they're, they're sitting... 14th at the moment. They'll definitely need to start in their straps sometime soon and they've got plenty of talent on their list uh, and the Talent was a bit on show Trent minor great game from him 30 disposals the 14 tackles as well seven clearances and the five inside 50s uh, Blake O'Leary comes back into the Frankston lineup, kicks the two goals and had 13 disposals. Tom Berry, the 10 coaches MVP votes, uh, outshining the barometer this week somehow. 28 disposals, 11 tackles, seven clearances, two goals. Might have also had the six coaches MVP votes. So it was a great, it's a handy victory for Brisbane. You know, it gives them a bit of confidence. Their first win in Victoria. Mind you, they haven't. Played in there for the last couple of months. The last time they played there was in round three against Geelong and, of course, round one against Carlton. But it gives them confidence heading into the second half of the season where they, I believe, travelled down the East Coast four times, or of which I believe, or majority of which down to Victoria. So it gives them confidence that they can get those wins on the road. And out of Fankhauser Reserve, the return of footy to Fankhauser Reserve Southport. They were just too good for. Sandringham, who were sitting third on the day, but have now sat a down to six. You know, I didn't really watch this match because at the same time the Sun Saints were playing in their elimination final. But yeah, Southport, it was a their third quarter, a massive six goals to one. They kicked the last five goals of the term and you know it it was it's a comprehensive victory. They're three games at Fankhauser Reserve, they've won by an average of, I believe, 48 points out there. Kira, it, they've made the ground a fortress, and this is a really impressive victory over well, a slightly depleted Sandringham lineup, but still a very talented one at that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm much like you. I didn't catch um, this game, but it's a great win for Southport, and they've really surprised me um, this year with just how strong they are. They're still sitting three um, wins below um, the Demons, but... You know, sitting second on the ladder is really impressive, and they're um, they've been really strong. So they've definitely made that a um, fortress, and I would not want to be playing them um, there. So I'd be running kind of as far away as possible. But Southport should be really happy with how they've gone for the first part of the season, and they'll be looking to continue continue that form going into the second half.
2: Definitely, and. The next two Saturday games we'll talk about a little later on to an upset and an absolute classic, uh, but we'll move along to the Sunday matches. GWS against North Melbourne was the first one. That was, well, I say this was interesting because North Melbourne and GWS were playing in another state, a Marvel Stadium in the AFL, but this was played at Blackdown International Sports Park. GWS, got the, they got the win by 40 points in the end. Uh, 13, 17, 95 to 7, 13, 55. You know they only held a, a, a eleven-point lead at three-quarter time. It was tight for the most three, the first three quarters, but GWS four goals, seven to two. So it could have been a lot worse for North Melbourne in that final term to get them a forty-point victory. You know they were given a bit of a spray by their coach Lee Adams during the during the week or after their disappointing loss to Box Hill Hawks. The um. Jared, but, you know, they were competitive, but they still, I reckon they'll leave with their heads down knowing they could have won that game against JWS, but they didn't.
0: North Melbourne are uh, a team that... I mean obviously in the AFL as well. It's it seems like a, a shambles at the moment, that 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 club situation. Um that loss to the Giants. To be fair, like I think the Giants have sort of uh impressed a lot of people and have sort of surprised a lot of people with how good they've actually been this year. They've got a, little, a lot of really good talent on their list and you know, like players like Braden Bruce who were playing in, in the, the VFL when, you know, they expected him to be up in the ones, it's it's obviously always gonna be difficult. But the the Giants really sort of had their way and, and sort of took them away in that last quarter. And I think North have to yeah, they'll be you know impressed. They hung in for for three quarters there, but they have to make sure that they're holding on that whole way through because the Giants with the talent they've got in that list, you know, Jared Brand obviously had thirty six disposals, he was impressive as uh, Kira Briggs with a goal and nineteen. You know, those sorts of players you can't let just just run around and do whatever they want. It's it's sort of you have to make sure that they're onto them and, and Northside talent them that list and they've got players that should be able to sort of hold up and and they've got the fitness for it. So they'll be they'll be a bit disappointed, but yeah, the Giants were very very good this weekend.
2: Yeah. And there's definitely a big, big sound in, in the VFL coming from that su- side of of Sydney. And yeah, a great performance. Jared Brandeth, like you said, a great performance. 36 disposals, 13 marks, 4 inside, 57 coaches MVP votes. Wade Dirksen had the three goals plus the five MVP votes. Marty Hall's been a rock down back for North Melbourne. 31 disposals, 28 of those kicks plus the five marks. So he's done terrifically, but yeah. It, it's it is really a shambles is North Melbourne and I do not know how they're going to be able to fix it anytime soon the last game of round 12 in the VFL and well it was the channel 7 broadcast game between Casey and Collingwood and well Collingwood came in with two, losing their last two and I but I still thought they were a chance but the demons just blew them out of the water again that their, their remarkable season has continued a 52 point victory uh 14 10 94 to, to 6 6 42. they led by that margin at half time so the game was pretty much sewn up at a half time Led 38 to two at quarter time even and hit 69 11 369 as well to to 2 5 17 at a half time which is very um which is very impressive akira and you know it's can anyone beat Casey is the question I pose to you.
1: Well, I thought the Pies would have a good shot at it. I thought Casey would still get the win, but I thought it would be a very competitive game. But as you said, it was sewn up at um, quarter time. I actually turned it off um, halfway through the second quarter because it just wasn't <laughs> doing anything. It was just, um, it was a pretty stale game. I mean, Pies just didn't take it to them the way I thought they would Um Luke Dunstan had the 39 disposals, seven clearances, six tackles, and they were just too strong. But I don't know how to look at it because Casey are obviously so strong, but also Pies I think will be um, really disappointed with how they played and I think they'll really think they underperformed um, in this game because, yeah, I definitely would think that this would be a lot more competitive and I think Channel 7 probably thought the same.
2: Yeah. I literally did – I have to say I almost did the same. In fact, I reckon I gave up – Halfway through the first quarter, I just thought it was going to be another long day for the pies, and it was a it was again a great performance by Casey. They were wearing their their heritage Guernsey as well, their Springvale Heritage Guernsey. Of course, it was great to see that being whipped out as well. So and yeah, great day in the end for for both Casey sides against Collingwood. We'll of course touch on that VFLW elimination final a little later on, and yeah like you said, Kirill Dunstan, a great performance, gets the 10 coaches MVP votes, Jimmy Munro, 30 disposals, 21 of those samples as well, six clearances, seven inside 50s and a goal, seven coaches MVP votes, uh, Callum Brown, 30 disposals and plus 12 tackles and six clearances, a great performance from him, just a bit of a shining light performance for the Pies, but yeah, it was just a clinic. From Casey, they'll be disappointed. Collingwood, yes, but it's still it just shows how how unstoppable Casey is. And you know, I think it was they had ten plus goal kickers as well in the end, so they've got a lot of firepower. And it's scary how far this this side has come and could potentially go. And the two Saturday games I will talk about at Box Hill City Oval, we had an absolute classic between Box Hill and Port Melbourne. I didn't see this, but I kept checking the scores whenever out at Geelong, despite the fact I was my fingers couldn't move out there. Um, but this was a very impressive game between Box Hill and Port Melbourne, a classic. And while Box Hill they get the last gasp victory, momentum shifts left, right, and centre throughout this match. Port Melbourne heading into time on, they led by fourteen points. And when I saw that score, I thought, you know. There are a chance here, at Port Melbourne, to get the victory, and it would be a big one at, at that. It would be their first, I believe, their first victory against the, an AFL-Alliance side. Well, their second victory against an AFL-Alliance side of your pardon. But, you know, the Hawks, they kicked three goals in time on. And, Jared, is this game of the year in the VFL and or the VFLW?
0: This is very, very, very close. I mean, that last quarter, you can just see it. it's It's bloody seesawing hours, And, you know, Fergus Green, obviously the hero at, at the end there. He kicked three goals in the last 35 minutes of the game uh, to sort of basically win the game for him. It was um, unbelievable to watch. And, you know, sides with such history, like Box Hill, we were always so, you know, well-known. And Port Melbourne are arguably one of the most well-known, you know, now still standalone sides. They are just unbelievable. And the fans that they've got, it's a game that you just love to see. And, I mean, it's it's going to be very very hard to top from now on. About you know how how if there's going to be any better games than that. I mean, you just see it like that whole game is. It's just fantastic. And some of the performances you were seeing from some of the players, like I said, Fergus Green ended up kicking four. Eli Templeton, who was, you know, a superstar for Port Melbourne, he had 26 and three goals. He put the team on his back. It's something that you just love to see from everyone. You know, James Parsons, who is, as we, we've spoken about many times, as, as one of the VFL, you know, stalwarts, kicked four, had 23. You saw everybody from everywhere coming to perform for, for both sides. And it's definitely going to be a game that is going to be very, very hard to beat.
2: Yeah. And, well... Kira, for Port Melbourne, you know, it's it's a bit of a demoralizer. I feel, this one, given, you know, they, they held the lead at, at the start of time on and they would have hoped or thought they could hold on to it, but they didn't. Do you reckon it demoralises their morale a, a little bit, given, you know, they, they let this one slip?
1: Don't get me wrong. I think they'll be disappointed and I think they definitely would have got the win, but I think sometimes like not discrediting Box Hill at all, um, but sometimes when it goes to time on, it comes down to a bit of luck um, and you've just got to be in front for the final siren and that's kind of what happens. So Port Melbourne will be disappointed and they definitely would have got the win, but I don't think it will demoralise them or take them too off off task.
2: And, you know, the game as well. I saw the last call from, well, from my- I'll Also, well, from the main host, Joey Pignataro, an absolute a terrific, a terrific call as well, on his part. Fergus Green takes the it takes a massive mark and slots the set shot with I think it was twenty or fo- less than a minute at least to go, and a clutch performance from him. From him, like you said, Jared, three goals in the last quarter helped Box Hill to that victory. Uh, the coaches' votes as well, James Parsons for that remarkable four goal. And twenty three disposal performance gets the t- it gets the ten votes. James Warple, twenty six disposals has the seven votes. Uh, Eli Templeton got the four. Fergus Green also got one. But yeah, it's remarkable performances left, right, and centre. And the final game on Saturday. Well, I can see Kira shaking her head about this result. I I, I can understand it. It it, uh, it was a disappointing result for for Blues fans, to, to say the least, after ruining the, the AFL party like it was 1999, the, the night before Essendon. They pulled off a bit of an upset in the end, you could argue. 12 8, to 10-11-71. Oh, you were out at this game, Kira. Um, You know, what you make of the performance? Well, mainly from a Blues perspective.
1: From a Blues perspective, I think there's a bit of a disappointing pattern starting to form that we've seen for the last few weeks that sees our midfield perform really well in the first half or even maybe just the first quarter and then um, we get ahead and then they just seem to kind of drop off a little bit um, and the pressure goes, the execution goes a bit whack um, and it's becoming a bit of a pattern, which is a bit concerning. Um, But... And I think we see that as well, um, obviously, in the AFL, the Blues have lost a midfielder and we see the medical sub from last week get that position rather than someone in the midfield that played in this game, which shows that the midfield just weren't up to it. Um, this, this game, it was good in the first half and they just dropped, dropped um, everything kind of. And, yeah, I left. At three quarter time, not because I was disappointed, but because I had to go somewhere. So maybe it was just me. Maybe they just couldn't keep going when I wasn't there.
2: <laughs> well, it was a three goal to only one behind final quarter. So so clearly, yeah, they 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 they, they lost uh, they lost because you might have left Kira, but you know With this me. was yeah. Well, by, uh, Well, we won't fully blame you, but we'll see that as a potential reason. Um, but you know, it's the second time you've been to Windy Hill, and it's ended in a bit of. I'm never going back to Windy Hill
1: ever. That's never happening ever again.
2: And that's pro- uh, it's very promising, uh, Jared. For Essendon, you know, this win, you know, they might. Uh, we're recording this before their T- AFL team is selected, and it'll be. If you're listening to this, you know some of these the, these two names, Massimo D'Ambrosio and James Stewart, who had both great performances. You know they could be they could be in the AFL side, but you know next week they play Sandringham. It could be a bit of a weaker side. This makes this win even bigger. I feel for them, given it's against their arch rivals and against the side finished above them.
0: Look, like as as we've said, Kultner are a very strong team, and they've got a strong sort of AFL uh, side, and the fact yes. that. That Esten ended up beating them is is pretty impressive, and I don't know if any of the players sort of are gonna are gonna make their way in. I do reckon that uh, Massimo D'Ambrosio is actually gonna get a go at some point because uh, he's just he's too good to be at VFL level, I think. Yeah. Um, and I think he'll sort of go up soon, but I don't know if that'll be this week. They might let him have a, a little bit more of a run around. So I think if they keep all those players, they're actually in with a with a really really good chance in the next coming weeks to sort of get some really good scores on the board. And like we said, James Stewart was amazing. He kicked three and had twenty two, and you know Zerk Thatcher had twenty five. They're, they're players that you know, have enough talent to keep them going. And they should always be doing this. You know, they should, they shouldn't be at, you know, near the bottom of the ladder like they are. They shouldn't really be on two wins. They should be on more. And it, it's about time they started sort of working harder to get up there. And it's good to see them actually sort of getting that win and and, and continuing on and a uh, good win at that. Yeah. And yes. Stuart a great, like you said, Joe had a great
2: performance. Nine coaches MVP votes for him. Paddy Dow had a good performance. Six Coach's MVP votes uh, and 27 disposals, 11 clearances. Uh, I didn't really watch this game, but based on those numbers, it seems as if he did well. Will set 34 disposals. Yeah. And Sam Durden make, made his debut as well, which, uh, well, Kira, what do you make of his debut as well for, for Colton fans?
1: Um, this one was really interesting because I wanted it to be really, really good because I knew we needed him in the AFL. So I was looking at um, Durden pretty closely. He did look a little bit lost at times, but I think that just comes with learning a new game plan um, and playing with new people. So um, he now finds himself in the AFL team. So um, I think, yeah, I think he did some nice things. I have nothing to scream and jump about, but clearly enough to get into the AFL side. So good on him.
2: Well, that yeah it definitely did help him um and uh, sort of helped by the fact that caleb marchbank who's been well through hell and back the last couple of years did get injured as well so we well hopefully when this is finished kira and i will be talking about a great performance from sam turn on his afl debut but yeah but yeah hopefully he does well it's good to see him have a decent performance but understandable that he did seem lost uh We'll move along now to the VFLW, the first weekend of VFLW finals. As I mentioned off the top three matches, two of which on Saturday, one on the Sunday. We'll talk about the first match out at Windy Hill before the Essendon Calden VFL match. And well, Essendon thumped a de- well, a depleted Hawthorne lineup, uh like I said, 8, 12, 60 to 117 so 53 points after you know it was a draw earlier in this a uh, couple only a couple of weeks ago even out of out of Box Hill City Oval like I said Hawthorne were depleted it. it's a bit of an interesting tactic from from Essendon you know that they used most of their AFL listed stars or so played plenty of in the VFLW uh you know Georgia Nance played Alana bar Alana Barber she had a big role 20 disposals eleven tackles and six clearances uh, and, and you know i think Federica Fru played as uh, Federica Frew played as well Danny Marshall Eloise Ashley Cooper yeah uh, Jordan Zanqueta. they had a lot of um they had a lot of their AFLW players who had played VFLW playing on this weekend what do you make of that curious could that is it interesting that they played all that is AFLW players or is it, a, is it a aggressive and good move from, from the Bombers?
1: I think it's a great move. I think you're a bit silly if you don't play them. Like you're in a final and they're sitting there waiting. I mean, I know there's a season just around the corner for the AFLW and don't get me wrong, you don't want to see any players get injured or anything like that, but you're there to win a game of football. And if they're there um, and have put their hand up for selection, then I think you would be silly not to pick them. So I think... It was great by Essendon, and it clearly worked so yeah i think they'll be really happy with their decision
2: jared for for hawthorne as well you know like i said they they'd gone the draw the last time these two sides had met uh only out of box hill city oval mind you they like i said they were a bit depleted but they still had a bit of talent izzy kuru had had a pretty decent season and in the League girls too. Uh, Jesse Williams and Kirsty Strand, the leading goal kickers, and Abby Holmes, Jordan Mifsud, were, were both playing as well. Um, you know, Do you reckon they'd be disappointed that they let it slip to, to this bigger margin or is it a bit of a learning curve for them ahead of this week's
0: final? I, mean, I think they obviously, they know they have to improve, especially against, they know that Essendon is probably going to be the benchmark um, that they're going to have to play up against. And they're a side that have really impressed towards the end of the year, so they can't let, sort of this game impact them too much they need to definitely use it as a learning curve and uh, the fact that they got beat really badly is is a game that is a you know situation where you know now exactly where you have to be and you know that you have to be a lot better than you were and yeah like like you obviously said they they have been depleted uh this week and, and that is completely fair enough but not everyone's going to be as depleted as this you know Southern Saints won't be as depleted and and you know teams that you're coming up against so you have to make sure that you've got the skill and the, and the level of talent to be able to, to come up against these teams and, and win. And you can't just sort of throw away everything you've done this season just in, and blame it on the depleting, you know, side. You have to make sure that you're at least fighting to the end. Mm.
2: And yeah, let's touch on the Sun Saints now. Actually, uh, well, I was down there. I'll, I'll give a, a bit of a recap of this game later uh, later on after we we talk about it. Uh, or oh, I'd like to. I think I'll pin the, uh, call this. Uh, called the the part of this episode the Wardy story time about the southern saints or or the sandringham zebras but it was the saints who who got up a, a, again against geelong down at warm ponds it's it was their second victory against geelong nevertheless down at deacon university Deakin university warm ponds as well for them this this is a very impressive performance as well from the saints jared and oh they just keep marching
0: in to, deeper to finals yeah, And, you know, it's it's really good to see all their players sort of coming together and, and not just the same old story. Obviously, you know, Hannah Stewart, as we know, is amazing at 23 touches and a goal. So you can't really go past that. But mm-hmm. there's some players that are sort of stepping up that haven't been well, you know, have been through the year, but, you know, haven't sort of had as big a, a name. And, you know, towards the end of the year, they were as well. One that I want to share out, but we missed it last week, is one of my friends, Chloe Soltry, who plays for Sun Saints, and she's had a good two weeks in a row. Yeah. Um, she had 14, 14 touches again this week in, in her first finals game in the a VFLW sense, which is incredible to see. So it's players like that, you know, she's only 19 and it's the young players that are, without, the, you know, they haven't got sort of that, the experience in the VFLW, but they are still sort of, playing in, in a finals intensity and that they're playing really, really well. And, you know, a win at, at one once is never easy. And it's, it's awesome to see. Yeah.
2: And Kira for Geelong, they, you know, they would have left with their heads down. They last time they met, it was a 20 point victory for the saints. Uh, they would have, uh, they obviously improved since then it'd been, I think it was two or three months since they last met, uh, but they would have left a little disappointed because yeah, this was against, the side that they eliminated last year in the VFLW finals?
1: Yeah, definitely. And also, you just have to look at the inside 50s. It was Cats 34 to Southern Saints 18. So they had the opportunity going forward. Inaccuracy hurt them a little bit. So they'll definitely be disappointed um, with this one because I think, had they um, kicked straight and used those inside 50s um, really well, they definitely um, could have got the win. So They'll be disappointed, but um, there has to be a winner at the end of the day, so Geelong took this one home.
2: Yeah, and, well, it's the Saints who took this one home. The Saints took this one now, home, sorry. That's all good. And now now it's time for, for Woody story time. So if you're not already sitting down, sit down and listen to my story of this match. And, yeah, Geelong did dominate the inside 50s, but they just couldn't – they just really couldn't convert their chances. But the Saints' defence, I always – thought this was their strongest point during the season you know it's got plenty of talent grace buchan had a great game 19 disposal six marks plus the four tackles you know your friend chloe chloe sultry as well she's been i reckon a brick wall down back for as well for the sun saints you know diana Jolivs played a bit down back this this year as well she had a terrific ga- a terrific game as well. Lived from the front with 16, dis- 16 disposals. They've got plenty of talent in that back line, I reckon. And it was on show on the day. They just, they didn't. The Cats had some easy chances. They just couldn't take advantage of them. And, and you know, there was a, a massive breeze heading towards, well, to the Geelong end of the ground. You got the Geelong end and the Deakin University, the university end of the ground. For those who we'll watch this replay geelong ends the left of screen university and is the right of screen and you know that first quarter they dominated all the territory the sun saints didn't even have a single inside 50 they couldn't even get it inside their attacking half and geelong had so many chances they kicked one goal six though and just oddled so many of them and you know when the saints had the wind in that second quarter they kicked three goals too and took advantage of that when geelong came charging back and you know especially in that fourth quarter against the wind, they, they were determined to get the wind but they just their chances that they, they weren't the great chances you know they were mostly on the boundary to the top of the goal square where the sun saints defense just just stopped them in their tracks and you know there wasn't even a single score a score at the university end of the ground so but that's credit to both teams defenses and yeah they, they definitely didn't take advantage of their opportunities uh the saints most certainly did four goals to four goals to freezing cold day. I should add down there. I li- I literally could not feel my fingers at the end of the day, but it was still great. It was worth the sacrifice going down to Geelong and watching the saints get the win. It's, it's such a great side. And it, it, you know, it, it doesn't have any AFLW listed players in it as well. And it shows just how much talent it has. And I'm just, it was a great victory. They they keep marching on in finals. A massive test, I reckon, awaits them at Box Hill City Oval, and I'm glad it's out of Box Hill City Oval this week instead of Geelong. But yeah, it's a great victory. Another classic between the Cats and the Saints, and exacts revenge for their 2020 20 2021 finals exit for the Saints. Geelong defeated them at Trevor Barker Beach Oval. The Cat and Saints do the exact do the exact same here. The final. The final match in the first week of finals, it was out of Casey Fields before the Casey and Collingwood VFL match. And Casey, they cruised a victory over Collingwood in what was the, the first elimination final. Very accurate in front of goal 7 3 45 to 1 4 10. You know, they, Casey kept Collingwood goalless for, for three terms, there and their only goal came late. In the third term, I should add, when I saw that goal, I, I did catch a bit of this game. When I saw that goal, I thought the Saints could have been a chance. It could have been a chance to to get the, vict- to get the victory. Well, not the Saints. The Pies were a chance to get the victory. And, you know, it, it, especially if they kicked a the goal early on, but Casey just put them to bed. Three goal to only one behind final term. But, yeah, well, it's a very impressive victory for... For Casey Kira they they just keep on marching on keep on marching on as well deeper into finals and book themselves a, a spot in well essentially a qualifying final this week against Essendon
1: yeah definitely i think you always give um a team hope um or a chance in a final because it's just a different ball game but i think i definitely thought Casey would get the win um in this game i just thought they'd be way too strong which was pretty evident keeping the Pies goalless for 3 Quarters, so yeah, they, they did this one pretty easy. They got the win, and they'll stroll into the next week. So they'll be looking forward to the next game, and they'll take great confidence from this one.
2: Uh, and Jared as well, um, Collingwood, they'll be a little disappointed. They went down, you know, they've gotten close their two home and away meetings, they'd even gotten the win at Casey Fields a couple of weeks ago, but yeah, it ends in defeat for the magpies
0: yeah you know the Pies had a little bit of a a disappointing season as we said you know i remember at the start of the year joe peter taro was talking about how many games they're going to win and and what their average margin is going to (laughs) be like in everyone so to see him go down is is something that you know you could sort of see coming throughout the year especially against a team like casey who have been amazing and you know they've had like a bit of a change up in their in their teams obviously and, and everything like that, but the pies still will be, you know, happy-ish with with sort of how they ended up going. And you know, this game again, they they weren't out of it at all. They just couldn't kind of bring it back. You know, Hannah Bailey which is weird to see a Bailey in in pies and not the the demons colours, but <laughs> it's confusing anyway. So you know, they had players like that 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 really were sort of helping and, and trying their hardest to get them up there. Elizabeth Jackson, obviously. So you know, they gave it a crack, but yeah, the pies just a disappointing season, I think overall, and and one that they're you know they'd have to come back from next season and, and really try hard again.
2: Um, well, you're pre-
0: I, I have a feeling
2: we will be doing a bonus edition reviewing Geelong and, and Collingwood due to their season's ending. I, I have a feeling you'll be reiterating those words as well. It is a, a bit of a disappointing season and a slightly disappointing end for them. But, yeah, I, I sort of did see it coming. Casey had found form since their their previous match against the Pies. But, yeah, it's... Um, a disappointing loss in the end for the Magpies. Uh, I was really interested in the midfield battle between Melanie hogg and, and Marlon Neal. That was an enthralling one, I reckon. Hog finished with the most disposals, but I think Neal had the better game. Seventeen disposals, fourteen tackles and eight clearances was just an inside ball on the day. Hog had twenty-three disposals, four tackles and six clearances, but that was such an enthralling Joharum across and. 14 disposals plus the three goals, two of which came in the front term. But a great victory for Casey. And this weekend, the of course, the the rest of the final series has been confirmed. Actually, the venues, the dates, the times, everything, of course, not the, the teams yet. But this week, well, the preliminary final and the grand final will be taking place at, like last season out at ETU Stadium or Northport Oval. The preliminary will be on june 26th which is a sunday at around 4 p.m and the grand final will be taking place and i believe will be broadcast as well on channel 7 also like i said also at north port oval on july the 3rd which is also a sunday at 12 15 out there but this week we've got double header on sunday in the late morning in the early Ar- arvo uh, the first match first of the double headers sees essendon and casey Battling it out for a grand final spot at Windy Hill. Now, I'm not going to go into the depths of or, or, or the details of of the final system. It is a bit of a confusing one, which I'm still wrapping my, my head around. But they will be battling out for a grand final spot at Windy Hill. Last time they met was at Windy Hill in the final round, and Essendon held on for a six point victory, four three twenty seven to two nine 9-21. Kira, the question I ask of you do you expect a similar match or do or you know could Essendon potentially decide to get well being a bit harsh get rid of some of their AFLW listed players and you know play some of that some of that other VFLW listed talent
1: uh, i think it'll be very similar in terms of i think it'll be very tight and i think there'll be less than say a goal in the game um, but if they don't stick with keeping their AFLW talent in this um, team, I'll be very surprised. And I'll also be applying for team selection officer or manager or something. Because I think you've got to stick to what works, and that worked really well for them. The week just gone, um, and they all performed really well. So I think it's a bit of a hard luck story to the VFL girls that will miss out, um, on selection if they do choose to still go down using those AFL-listed talent. Um, but I think they just need to do it. At the end of the day, you need to get the win, and if that's giving them the best chance, then I think they'll stick to the same same sort of team. Yeah,
2: and Jared, you know the. Both teams have stars everywhere, you know. Melanie Hawk, like I mentioned, and Karam have both had great games. Amelia Radford Alana also had a good game. First, 21 disposals, five tackles, six inside fifties, five, in, five inside fifties, and six clearances. Alana Barber, Natalie McDonald kicked the three goals. Essendon, piled with talent, you know, like I, like I said, AFLW listed talent. They have Georgia Nanska, on, Danny Marshall, Eloise Ashley, Cooper, Mia Ray Cl- Clifford as well among them. Federica Fru Cecilia McIntosh, Joanna De- and Re- Renee Turney and Casey. They have plenty, plenty of talent as well on that list. You know, Eliza West played that has played the last couple of games. Maeve Chaplin, uh, Talia Gillard, is of course. On the aflw list lucy wales and allison downer they've got plenty of talent who do you reckon plays a big role here for either side or will be a bit of an x factor uh, for in this game
0: I think it's certainly um, gonna be sort of that Essendon midfield that we know has been amazing sort of all year and, and how they've been able to go about it. I think George and Nanskorn, uh and sort of Amelia Redford are those two that are really, really gonna be the be the ones. And I think this is gonna be probably one of the games of the season, if I'm honest. Uh it's gonna be really, really good to see sort of how this goes. Um but I think it's definitely gonna be those two that are that are gonna be the really impressive ones, the AFLW players. As long as they play them. If they don't play them, I'll be very upset as well. I think they have to play them. I think the only I think the best way to get match fitness is to play matches so you should be playing VFLW matches no matter what if your season isn't on um so I think that's exactly how they're going to go about it and yeah you know injuries might happen or whatever but injuries can happen doing whatever so I think that those players especially are going to be the ones that are going to be really really important for to push Essendon above Casey but it's going to be a really good match to watch.
2: Yeah definitely i will keeping a close eye on that match but the next match we'll talk about is the one I'll be out at and it will be an equally interesting contest as well between Hawthorne and the Southern Saints they're set to battle it out at Box Hill City Oval like they did last time they met which was in round eight and Hawthorne got the victory on the day 6 6 to 3 3 I watched a bit of this and it was tight for most of it Hawthorne just blew them out of the water in the foot in the well, last 15 minutes i reckon of the of the fourth term uh kira i'll go again to you do you reckon you know it'll be cl- a closer margin or could it potentially be a, t- a turnaround given you know hawthorne aren't playing a lot of their for the w listed talent and some saints even if they aren't they've got plenty of talent on that list
1: yeah i'm really not sure for this one i think it could go um a myriad of different ways but i think I'm just worried about Hawthorne's um, confidence. I think they could have, could be a little bit low on confidence after how much they lost by on the weekend. And that concerns me just a little bit because they might be questioning what really went wrong um, on the weekend and if they are strong enough to compete on the weekend, which we know they are. Um, but, yeah, I think their confidence will be a big thing heading into this game. So I think... If they can get their mental state right, then I think it should be pretty tight. But if they go in low on confidence, I think Southern Saints could win by a few goals.
2: Yeah, and, well, again, both teams chock full of talent, even if the Hawks don't have that aflw the talent on their on their roster. You know, like I mentioned before, Izzy Curry, Jordan Mifsud, Kirsty Stratton, Jesse Williams, uh, Abby Holmes, who could potentially play uh Potentially play it all, depend of course on her channel's seven commitments. Lauren Camilleri, I, th- I think she's a pretty good player. Sophie Balding as well. She's coming from an Eastern devil side which is killing it in uh, one of my local leagues, the EFL Premier Division, and that's a pretty a pretty high quality league I might add. Although I am biased, and I've s- I've still got plenty of talent. Some Saints though, again a list chock full of talent. I, uh, I reckon they've got a very talented forward line as well. You know, Olivia Flanagan down there, Taylor Kearns, Kayla Rapari, uh, Chanel Slater. It wasn't her greatest game, but when she gets going, she gets going. Ebony Nixon down back alongside Grace Buchan, uh, who I, me- uh, of course, mentioned before, and uh, as well as Chloe Sultry, Alina Gentile, Hannah Stewart, who's a chance of the, of the Coach's Player of the Year, and the Lambert Pierce medal. Who plays a big role here, Jared? For for either side,
0: it's going to be really, really interesting. This is again like I, I love finals footy. I just love sort of everything about everything, like everything about finals footy is just amazing. No matter what league it is, and you know you can come down to local leagues or or upper leagues or whatever. It's it's always really impressive. And Hawthorne have to improve in this one, um, and I think they will. I think they're going to come back and and really sort of take it up to them, uh, the Southern Saints. And like we were sort of talking about before, I think the Southern Saints back line is, is the key to this one. They have to stick fat, yeah. as they always have been. And, you know, the Hawks are, are going to come at them hard pretty pretty well all game, and they really have to stick fat, otherwise they're going to be able to th- through. And I have, you know, strong hopes for, for the Southern Saints, especially after the last week's performance by the Hawks. But that back line, and, and that back line of the Saints and the forward line of the Hawks matchup is going to be the most important one because it is going to be a huge battle down there.
2: Yeah, I... I think the Sun Saints back line is their most talented line in in, in the whole team. Their forward line and, and midfield is chock full of talent led by plenty of plenty of stars, but that back line, Jared, is definitely going to be crucial. And I think if they're on their on their game, which normally they are, usually they are, and I expect them to be no different, it will definitely help their cause. and. No, if their forward line is as pointed as well as as they were last week, then it could spell danger signs for for the Hawks. Uh, but we'll move. We'll t- we'll do our tips for those games a bit later on. We'll move along now to what lies ahead in the VFL. Uh, seven teams have the buy this week: the Box Hill Hawks, Brisbane Lions, Casey Casey, the Unbeaten Casey, Collingwood, Frankston, North Melbourne, and Port Melbourne. For well, for sides that have struggled recently and jared i hope you don't kill me for saying this frankston collingwood and north melbourne uh it's a chance to to regroup to refresh and get ready for the next set of rounds for for sides like well box hill brisbane casey and even port melbourne who have started to find some form recently it's a chance to to enjoy this break and yeah potentially build on uh, build on relationships and build on the last couple of weeks uh friday night footy We'll have once more this week, but this time out at Icon Park, Carlton and the Footscray Bulldogs will face off against each other at Icon Park. kicking off at seven thirty. Footscray will be boasting two AFL stars in Lockie Hunter and Josh Bruce. So, if you if you're down around, if you're a Footscray fan, you can get down there. And if you're not doing too much on your Friday night, but potentially watching what hopefully, well, for Jared's sake, is a, a lopsided game between St Kilda and. Essendon and then get down to icon park and and watch two afl's uh two afl reserve side face off against each other saturday we've got the two matches uh werribee and geelong will be facing off against each other at avalon airport oval Werribee looking for their fourth consecutive afl to, uh, afl scalp and you know geelong they've fluctuated a little bit but they'll be looking to you know potentially pick up the win here, but they're up against the red-hot Werribee side and on their home track too. That'll be at around 1 p.m. And the final game, it's happening out of Trevor Barker Beach Oval, uh, I won't be down at this match, but it's Sandringham and Essendon, should be an abs- should be hopefully well, a lopsided match for my sake, and I'll, I'll potentially be writing a positive match report, potentially I said, and it's a Maddie's Cup match down as well for... For Sandringham, uh, it's a great initiative by St Kilda and the Sandringham Football Cup, of course. St Kilda the night before that would be Spuds' game. Sandringham on Saturday afternoon that will be as well the Maddie's Cup game. So if you're around the Sandringham area, not doing too much, get down to that match and and support the Maddie Maddie's V Vision Foundation. It's a great it's a great foundation doing terrific things in the last couple of years and you're. Well, I'm speaking on behalf of pretty much all of Sandringham here. Support would be very much appreciated and should be a, hopefully a good contest based off Essendon's performance last uh, last Saturday. On Sunday, we've got four matches. Sydney and Williamstown will face off against each other at Blacktown International Sports Park at around 11.30 out there. Williamstown could potentially be a little confident heading into this match. The so last time... Sydney played, uh, last time I believe, Sydney played uh, well, a standalone club at Blacktown International Sports Park, which was the Bull Ends. It ended in defeat, so could Williamstown potentially pull off a surprise coming off the bye? They've had improved performances. Sydney have done all right in recent weeks, but not the greatest, so that could potentially be an interesting one. An AFL doubleheader at Metricon Stadium between Gold Coast Suns and GWS Giants reserves. This is before. The Gold Coast and Adelaide match, the Gold the AFL match, uh, the AFL match will kick off at three twenty. The, the VFL one will kick off at around eleven thirty. So, if you if you're going to the AFL match beforehand, uh, and you might potentially want to see a couple of your AFL listed players or the VFL side against the GWS Giants reserve side, get down to Metricon Stadium and support the the Suns reserve. Should be potentially an enthralling clash as well. Two sides in, in similar positions. Uh, the Northern Bullance and Southport had a Preston City Oval, of, uh, a matchup between two standalone clubs, but one at the top end of the spectrum and one, well, unfortunately, lingering down the bottom. That'll be at Preston City Oval, Jenna Steel Oval, as it's known now for sponsorship reasons, at around 12pm. And... And just down Bell Street at Piranha Park, we've got the Channel 7 broadcast game. Kira's Coburg lines up against the Tigers. Coburg coming off the bye and a terrific, a terrific victory as well against, against Jared's Frankston. And, well, Kira, I'll let you, I'll let you try and, and pipe up that game as well. I'm sure that's one of the, your games to watch. Uh, any other fixture in the VFL? that's one to watch this weekend.
1: Um, Yeah, I'll definitely be keeping an eye on Carlton Footscray as well, but my eyes will be fully sealed on Coburg and Richmond. It's also Vicky Cleary Day um, taking a stand against violence against women. So um, that's run by um, the Cleary family. So Coburg versus Richmond as well as being um, past partners. So Coburg and Richmond used to be the same team not long ago. So it'll be um, a big battle out at Piranha Park on Sunday.
2: And the last time these two met as well, that was was out at well out in beaconsfield actually i believe from from what i saw and richmond got the comfortable win there coburg have improved of course since that time that was three years ago now and well it's another great initiative initiative by Coburg, the vicky cleary day so hopefully hopefully people don't get sick like you two on the on the day and hopefully people do get down to bryana park for yeah what should be a very intriguing clash i'll definitely be keeping a close eye on that one from, uh, from Box Hill City Oval, and potentially when I get back home from the match. Jared, any fixture to you that stands out in the
0: VFL? Well, obviously, there's a couple. I'm actually interesting to see how Coburg uh, continues, as like we said, against obviously they they beat Frankston, they beat us, but uh, Richmond are at a very, very strong opposition. So it'll be a really interesting match to watch there. Obviously, both finals games for the VFLW be very impressive as well. Um, Sandy versus Essendon. I want to see if Essendon sort of have the. The sort of skill to back up their win from last week. Um, and there's obviously like little ones like Werribee as well. Like we know they've they've sort of been on a terrace lane, Geelong is a, a serious threat. So that'd be very interesting. It's a good week all around, I think.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, sides that uh, most games are the sites that I reckon are in similar positions, bar probably, you know, nor- the Northern Bullants and Southport, maybe even Sandringham. And I'm hoping to God that's a, a an absolute thumping out there, Trevor Barker Beach Oval. But yeah, it, it is definitely a very interesting weekend. We'll we'll go to the t- we'll go to our tips now for each game. Uh Carlton Footscray, grey. I think despite Carlton missing a bit of their talent, I am still gonna back them. Kira, please tell me you're with me.
1: We all know that I don't um tip my own team, <sighs> so I'll be going with Bulldogs. <sighs>
2: Jared, at least tell me you're with me.
0: Uh, I'm actually not. I'm going to go with the (laughs) Bulldogs as well.
2: (sighs) That's just lovely. That's just lovely. (laughs) Moving on. Moving on to the Saturday games. Werribee Geelong. I'm backing Werribee. They've been red hot the last couple couple of weeks, and I think that form will continue. Jared, do you reckon the bees can get up, or would Geelong defeat well a side that's from the western western side of Melbourne as well?
0: Uh, This one's really interesting because Geelong have sort of had a bit of like a bit of form you know they they beat some teams but they probably should have beat some teams by a bit more and obviously Werribee's been all turning to giant killers so i'm actually gonna go with the bees as well i think it's gonna be a really good game there kira
1: oh i'm not sure on this one i keep going back and forth but i think werribee um are on a bit of a roll so i'm gonna go with werribee
2: well, our first coin sweep. I was hoping the first game would be the first clean sweep, but whatever. We we got a clean sweep. Uh, Sandringham and then that Trevor Barker Beach Oval. I'm of course going to be backing the zebras. Kira, are you going to back the zebras or the or the bombers to back up from their performance against the Blue Boys?
1: I think immediately I say I want to back the zebras, but Essendon seem to be finding some form, and they. I think once you get four months, you've been performing pretty poorly, you don't want to let go of it. So I think they'll be trying to hold on to that momentum as tight as they can. But in saying that, I think Sandy will get the win. Jared?
0: I'm, I'm hoping there's going to be a bit of a clean sweep down at the, the Saints and, and Sandy sort of duo here. And I think they're both going to uh, dispatch the Bombers. And I mean, I hope that the Saints will do it anyway. But yeah, I think Sandy, i uh, going to be too strong for them.
2: Yeah, I think even, you know, they're, they're a little depleted, i say because of injuries in the St. Kilda lineup, but there's still plenty of AFL talent and, and VFL talent for uh, for the Zebras as well. I just think they're a little too strong. Essendon might lose a couple to AFL selection and might gain a couple, but I think, yeah, Sandringham are just a little too stronger at the moment and they'll bounce back from a disappointing defeat. Uh, the week before the last Saturday, the Sunday matches, Sydney and Williamstown, I've just, I've got a small hunch for Williamstown, just, just a small hunch, but I just think Sydney are a little bit stronger than Williamstown. Jared, can the Seagulls pull off the upset, or will Sydney be just a little too strong?
0: This one is is very interesting as well. I think Sydney have sort of been underperforming a little bit. Um, Williamstown, they have obviously got the one win. It's going to be a really, really tight game. I'm going to go with. I'm still sort of tossing up as I say this. Sydney. Nearly Sydney.
1: Kira? Yeah, I'm going Sydney too. I think they will be too strong.
0: And Gold Coast and
2: GWS Giants happening at the same time. And as I mentioned, the AFL doubleheader out there, Metricon Stadium. Uh the Giants got back on the winners list, but they usually struggle against sides in a similar position to them, and I feel like Gold Coast are in a similar position to them. I'm backing Gold Coast to get the win, Kira. Uh I'm
1: backing GWS.
0: The no, I think the Giants have uh, sort of over, over. i tried, can't even think of the word. They've done better than a lot of teams. A lot of people thought they would, so I'm going to go with the Giants.
2: Yeah, and on to the next Sunday match, uh, uh, Northern Bullants and Southport. I would love to tip the Bullants for the surprise shock victory. I just think Southport they've been remarkable form the last couple of weeks, and I oh, just, oh, I just got a bad feeling. It. It's not going to be a tight one between the Ants and the Southport. Uh, Jared, the Sharks or the Ants?
0: If the Bull Ants win this, I'll tip them for the rest of the year. There is there is no hope, <laughs> I don't think. I think Southport are going to win this one by by quite a margin. Not not ridiculous, but I, I just think that they've got way too much talent for the Bull Ants. Kira?
1: I was going to go with Southport, but I just want to see Jared tip Northern Bull Ants for the rest okay. of the year. So I'm going Bull <laughs> I'm going to give <laughs> some hope, belief. Come on. Come on, Ants.
2: I wish I could back my I wish I could back myself as well to tip the Bulllands after I oh, didn't tip the sharks before that, but yeah, they'll just be too strong. They've got too much XAFL talent. North, the Bulllands have plenty of talent, but not as much as the Southport, sadly. And the final game, the Channel 7 broadcast game once more, Coburg and Richmond. I've also got a hunch on Coburg as well. I usually go well oh, with one surprise each week, I'm backing Coburg to get the win here. I'm actually backing them to get the win here. Richmond have been in a, a little bit of a form slump and Coburg coming off the bye. Kira, you, you said to me that there's a good vibe around the club as well. And that's always a good combination when there's a good vibe after a win and a, a bye. And I think, I think they can get up for Vicky Cleary day too. Kira, I'm assuming you're going to be packing the lines.
1: Yeah, I'll be backing the lines. Um, I think there's always a good vibe after a win. It's just disappointing there was a bye because they couldn't continue on with any momentum. Mm. It kind of just stopped. But it's all right. Hopefully we can um, get the win on Sunday. Um, It'll be a really good game, fingers crossed. Um, Tight contest and hopefully Coburg can get the win.
0: Uh, Jared? I came into this, like this tipping part, fully convinced that Richmond, but then I keep saying things to myself and it keeps convincing myself the other way of like why Coburg's (laughs) going to win and it's really annoying um and I I like I want to tip Coburg but I don't think I can I think I have to go with Richmond if anything purely so I can be different to you two but I just think (laughs) Richmond have underperformed how I expected them to be this year I thought they'd be really high up there and they're they're five and five and I think they're eventually going to start hitting their straps and if there's going to be a way to do it I think it might be now
2: yeah that's I didn't, I, I sort of didn't factor that in, but I think, yeah, it's the perfect opportunity for them to get back into form. But I just think Coburg, that win will give them confidence. Yeah, having the bye stops a bit of momentum, but I still think they'll be fresh and and raring to go, Coburg, and hoping to get on the witness list. I wonder if Richmond will be a bit bad and bruised as well following their Wednesday night match. It is a bit of an extended break for them, I'd say, essentially a bye for them, but. Yeah, I, I'm backing. I'm gonna back Coburg to get the win. Onto the finals for week two of the VFLW. Essendon and Casey, the the second semi-final, I believe it is, uh, well, essentially a qualifying final. I'll just say that for the grand final. Uh, I'm backing the Bombers. I think they'll still have their AFLW-listed talents and they'll get up. Kira, you gonna back them or gonna back Casey here?
1: No, I'm also backing the bombers. I think they'll get the win in this case.
0: Jared? I'm gonna go with this. I'm gonna go with a rear sweep and I'm gonna go with the bombers as well. I think they're very, very, very talented. As long as they keep all their AFOW players in there and, and winning and you know, playing games for them, then yeah, I think the bombers will win it.
2: And the final match, Hawthorne and Sun Saints. I'm of course gonna back my Sun Saints. Not just because I'm worried I'll get a fine if I tip against them after the events that transpired a, a couple of weeks ago. Uh could see if I've won Joe, Joe Pignataro. Uh, I just think they've got a bit too much talent. Um, and you know Hawthorne probably aren't going to have their AFLW listed players again. They could, but I, I just don't think if they didn't last week, I doubt that they will this week. Jared, are you going to back the Saints or
0: the Hawks? This one's going to be really tough. I'm actually going with the Saints as well. It's really like. It's going to be a really good game, and it's it's going to be really interesting because we don't know what Hawthorne team is going to come out. It's going to be really sort of – if they come out with the same team they did last week, then Southern Saints will win. If they end up coming back like they did during the season, then it's going to be a whole different story. But I'm going to tip Southern Saints. Uh, Kira?
1: I'm also going Southern Saints. They've
2: done a clean sweep in the VFLW finals. That's impressive. I'm impressed that we, uh, that we all back the same team, but well, that pretty much does us for this week's edition, well, main edition of the Kicked Vicks. Uh, Kira, Jared, great to talk all things VFL and VFLW with you. An enthralling weekend ahead, Kira.
1: Yes, it was great to be back. I'm really excited to see all the games play out and um, can't wait to discuss it all next week.
2: And Jared, it's great to have you on as well, despite the fact you, you were still A little bit nasally, but yeah, it should be a very interesting weekend. Hopefully the Sun Saints for us can get up as well.
0: Yeah, I'm looking for it to be a good week. Frank's had the bias. There's no trouble there. The Saints win at the AFL. The Sun Saints win at the VFLW. And then, you know, Sandy will will do a little top off in the VFL as well, just for a little one for me.
2: That would be the perfect weekend. Well, sort of perfect weekend for me as well. I've got a bit of a soft spot now for the St Kilda AFL side. But yeah, that does us for kicked Vicks once more. Uh, Don't forget... We will this week have a bonus edition reviewing the past seasons of Collingwood and Geelong after their finals exits. Uh, We won't be doing one the week after since there will will only be one team that's eliminated, but we will keep on giving you all those season reviews these, these next couple of weeks for the VFLW. But for now,
1: you've been tuning in to another episode of the Kicked Vicks podcast. Thank you for tuning in.